Welcome to Buy the Books, the podcast helping business owners navigate the complex world of business, tax, and bookkeeping. Now, to the owner and president of Secline, Lindsay Klein. Thanks for joining us, everyone. This is Lindsay Klein with Secline, honest, accurate bookkeeping performed on time, and your host of Buy the Books. I'm here today with a new guest, Rosanna Hudson, aka Roro, as everyone knows her. Now, she has a firm called New Star Real Estate Strategies, which is a boutique real estate firm, all things real estate, which you started diving down like bullet point by bullet point on what you do. And I said, we're just going to say all things real estate. There you go. <laughs> Big or small, we do it all. That's it. But commercial real estate, yes. right? Specifically. Specifically. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're dealing with business owners all the time. All the time. From and, startup to yeah. legacy to beyond, yeah. right? Now, our mutual connection is Jeffrey Gonzalez, who yes. is so much fun. And he's been on my show so much because I love him. And him and I like have so much fun together. He's, he's so awesome. So yeah. I already knew when Jeffrey said I had to meet you that it was going to be good. <laughs> oh. But even knowing that going into it, I was still wowed. When we met, I had so much fun. And I was okay. like, you were one of those people... I just immediately said, I need to be connected to this woman because I will learn so much. I did in just the well, short amount of you. time that we I met. I felt the same way. It's, you know, it's hard when you meet someone at first, but I'm yeah. very kind of real deal. It's, it is what it, WYSIWYG. Yes. What you see is what you get. Exactly. <laughs> and I don't look like a commercial <laughs> broker. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, and it's always fun when you can find someone that you can have fun and learn from. Absolutely. And you're the total package when it comes to that. Well, so thank you, girl. I am thank so you. glad to I'll have you in my, my network. <laughs> <laughs> See what I mean? Fun. Fun. So, but you had a great topic when I mentioned having you come on. You like immediately knew what you wanted to talk about. <laughs> and it's good, I think, for, for most business owners. And it's dealing with real estate, something that is a big, expensive ticket item, maybe leasing, maybe they own, applies to both, right? It's the number one on your P&L, isn't it? The biggest expense. (laughs) Huge expense, right? Right. So tell us, what do you you have to say to business owners that have that big expense? Well, you know, reality. So all respect to to the business owners out there, you know, just a a little bit with me is that, you know, my mother owned a business growing up. Oh, what kind of business? It was a, it was a movie. It was movies. It was your your, theater? your no your video store your video oh, store before the, Hollywood back when they had the rewinders and you had to rewind I, it before you that brought was it back. me girl <laughs> fifty of those things lined up and slicing film so everybody you that know is hilarious <laughs> yes yeah, so knowing what it takes to be a small business owner mm. you know seeing it with my mother uh, being a woman actually woman owned business right um and being in and understanding that wow you know everybody gets paid before the owner does at the end of the day right and sometimes the owner doesn't even get a paycheck because they have all the other obligations of who they have as uh, as employees as doing it themselves but a lot of that is the rent and you know rent is the biggest biggest expense but it's also the biggest asset Mm. that you need for your business yeah and i think that that bridge between that conversation doesn't really um, exist in some mm. way. I think that when I 
go out and I talk to business owners and these are business owners from startups. They're they're doing this thing out of their kids' room kind of thing, yeah. right? They got this passion or a side hustle right. or what have you. This is how this is how this is what makes the world go and round. That's how right? Microsoft started. Amazon. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, come on. We got yep. we had a list. Every single one of them comes from an idea somewhere. A mm-hmm. dorm room, you know, Facebook, you know. Yep. All of this, you know, so the the thing that with small business is the the absolute opportunity um, with that is that at some point, depending on whatever your business is, you're going to have to touch, go to or at least experience real estate in some form or fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of that is your personal need for it, for the business to exist, grow, whatever. Right. And so that 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 infancy to that next level to get you started right truly started you know you can run a business obviously out of your home you know i remember my first kind of side hustle was my aunt sold mary Kay. i'm all saying mary <laughs> oh, Kay. Yes. okay you in texas you know what i'm talking yep. about right oh yes mary Kay. are you here. a native of dallas i am born oh, and bred girlfriend parkland baby Ooh. okay yeah <laughs> proud of it apparently <laughs> i shouldn't say that right anyway <laughs> anyway but you, you remember the pink mansion yeah, oh yeah Mary oh, Kay's yeah. Mansion. And of course, there's the pink Cadillac. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> well, you know, that's a, you know, in, in that realm, you know, that was really my first experience of like truly knowing business. And, and I always go back to it. I mean, I built my first house at 19 selling Mary Kay. Mm, wow. And l- just realizing, wow, and this was something that you don't need real estate, but the real estate that you needed for that type of business was your home right mm. it's a home-based business right. that's their right. model right? right but at some point you know how big of a house do you get right you know and but when you think about it just in in different types of, of businesses real estate has to be a part of it whether right. it's a personal home or an actual commercial right. space um and what's interesting as far as commercial there's really truly i think now with the trends and and just the innovative of, of different type of spaces creative spaces things like that is um the the traditional real estate, which is your typical retail, office, industrial, or flex, depending on what type of business you do. Do you make something? Do you sell something? Or do you provide a service for some for people, right? You're going to fall into these types of assets. Um, nowadays, you know, with, uh, you know, co-working is a big kind of topic. It, it, you know, we work really kind of made it sexy in the industry. It's not a new concept. Co-working has been around from the industrial manufacturing startup mm. age. So long, long time yes. ago, okay? Um, but what's interesting is that it's allowing these new entrepreneurs or, or people who had side hustles to really get into a, a, a pre-commercial need space is kind of how I'm classifying it. You know, you can easily come into like a space like we're in today, right? It's a co-working space. Um, you know, I don't have to be in business long. I could be actual startup, sign an application, pay my membership, and I have an office or a, a facility to do conference rooms, a podcast, da, 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 you know, a la carte pricing, all that. That is so great for someone who really needs someone between that house and mm-hmm. to your first real estate because your first real estate is a massive investment. Absolutely. It scares the crap out of everybody. <laughs> it does. <laughs> it does. I could use another word, but it does. It scares well, it scares everyone. When you start getting into the commercial real estate realm, it's so much more complicated than a a uh, residential transaction. Oh yeah, yeah. It you know residential. 
uh, same transaction, if you will. You know, you're going to have a contract. You're going to have da 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 da. But in commercial, it is truly. It can be complicated. It can mm-hmm. be very difficult. It could be very interesting. It all depends on what you do, what you do, and how that real estate because it's a true investment when you're first in it or you've been in it in a while. Trust. I talk with all different types of owners. So, I've talked to owners obviously who don't know obviously what they're doing as far as real estate. They're you know I don't know where to go. What do you? I, this is what I do that I give advice and you know what gosh it sounds like you'd really really start out real well in this type of asset mm-hmm. versus what you think you need ah. because you know the pricing structure of it's going to be a little bit better for you to kind of eat that the first three years mm-hmm. um, because you know when you get into commercial a traditional commercial space it is called commitment and you're signing over your firstborn okay <laughs> literally <laughs> Literally. I mean, I I let people know right when they meet me. You never sign a lease, get ready to sign. You got DNA, they want you to sign it with it. It's, you know, it's a true commitment. And the issue in real estate and commercial real estate is that, you know, when somebody comes into their first asset, if, you, if, if I am a restaurant, I'll give a good example of restaurants. They're probably the easiest. Um, they're obviously in a retail setting, big shopping center or freestanding type facility, right? You got your, your franchise models, your Applebee's, your such da 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 But you also have kind of mom and pop uh, restaurants. Um, you know, you're set to a standard that these large corporations are happily to sign, you know, five, seven, 10 year leases. You know, I just started up because I, I cook real well in my kitchen and now I'm doing a catering business, but you want me to sign five years? I don't even know if I'll exist. <laughs> <laughs> and the stats against you for right. open operating a restaurant are just right. ridiculous. I think it's yes. like one in what I mean, it's so crazy yes. now that it's like you're lucky if you live past six months. You're OK yeah. if you're past a year, but you really don't turn in anything until three years in. Yeah. Right? So what do you do if you've got this great idea for a restaurant? But right. I mean, so you, you, you find. So now what we've seen is a creative space for someone who's kind of that in between. I'm an entrepreneur. I've start. I've got a passion for food. You know, I've I went to culinary school and I want to start a restaurant. But, you know, you still you got to learn before you go and mm. before you really commit that some restaurants that I've talked to. Actually, it's so funny. They were like, you actually convinced us not to go into real estate. And I said, isn't that funny? I'm asking you not to pay, not to get oh, paid. <laughs> it kind of tells you I'm either truly honest. <laughs> well, what are other options crazy. for restaurants? Oh, food trucks. Food okay. trucks is a really yeah, great I didn't think about that. innovative way to come in and get something that you can easily get as an asset, right? You know, the the food trucks are you can outfit anything into a food truck, mm. right? It's a commitment, but it's not a 5-year lease right. term commitment. It's right. something that's like you could get some, you know, I don't know, you got 10 grand, outfit this little U-Haul truck into a you know, food truck, or maybe you might find an old food truck that just needs a little bit of work to it, tinker here, tinker there, and you can get something going. Mm. And you're truly mobile. Create the following. Get people to come to you first. And then guess what? When you get a real estate, now you've got the audience already Mm. coming. Right? I mean, get that that traction versus... Let me put up shop, put up my sign and say I have good food. Well, nobody's ever tasted it. They've ever, you know, right. that you just started out. How, do you see what I'm saying? Yes. There's kind of that. There's also even creative catering kitchens coming up. The This kind of co-working environment for office, it's the same thing that's happening oh, in catering kitchens. Interesting. Commercial style kitchens so somebody can come actually have a food grade facility. Okay, let's talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's solid zoning involved, right, ordinances right. involved. Again, right. this is just one asset I'm talking about you know, retail, a restaurant, 
If it's office, it's, you know, there's something different to that approach. If it's industrial, that's a different other world. So when I meet somebody, I always just listen. I listen. What what are they doing? What are they excited about? What Because they're in it, right? You got your mm-hmm. their goggles on. They're in it. My job is to look at it from a holistic perspective organically mm-hmm. around it. Like, okay, well, you're doing really well. How could you do really, really well? And let's guess what? Let's see what kind of real estate that can make you just go to the freaking stratosphere. Nice. Because you're going to have to commit something that you've probably never committed before. Mm. You know, the biggest purchase that most people have is, you know, the first one is a car, right? And the the really, really the main one purchase is a house. Good luck finding a house right now, right? (laughs) Right. Right. I mean, look how crazy that is. Right. Um, and a good indicating of, of about how commercial real estate is doing is when the housing market, the housing market is always a tiny little pulse that I think a lot of brokerages don't tend to uh, pay attention to. Um, you know, you got to you got to you got to keep a pulse on residential. And I, I have that experience in residential. Um, I have the kind of analytical background of just understanding those trends and how that relates to a commercial aspect, because all these trends and information helps build a better asset holding even if you're leasing this is still an asset it's an asset Mm. you're committing right yep you're right and it's a big commitment it's a big commitment it really is that you know it has to be it has to help you versus be the biggest burden for Mm. you and um, even when I meet companies that are existing doing real well got you know 50 employees 30 employees 100 employees no matter um I find that they're so involved in what they do, they don't even look at the asset that they have and mm. how to really maximize the use of it. Interesting. The efficiency of it. The, you know, if it's something, if, it, you know, my niche has always been industrial. Um, and so when I go into a facility, I listen to what they're doing. I'm watching everybody do what they're doing. I love tours. I love walking through it. How it's made is my favorite channel, you know, on the Discovery nice. Channel or whatever. So, you know, going through it and, what I'm looking at is how many times somebody has to go across the floor, how many times you have all that mm-hmm. is, is analytical data that the big companies do, your Amazons, right. your big companies. It's all because that's all supply chain. Right. It's all relative. And, right. and, and when you're in it, you just don't think about it. But when you look at it from an analytical perspective, you realize, wow, they really aren't utilizing their floor space very well. They're storing stuff you know on the floor space when they can go rack high because they've got a clear height of 20 feet you know where it's like use everything of that right. real estate right not just the floor plate what's up right you know that makes sense what 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 can help you gain another lane of use of of equipment of employees of a process you know so really delving into that um I find that when people meet me and talk to me, they, that's what they say. They're like, you don't talk like a real estate broker. <laughs> it mm. sounds like you're more of a consultant, really. Yeah, it's strategic. It's it's a strategic advising um, and really analyzing and, and advising. You're Like you said, just seeing because I get it. You know, when you're in that world and maybe because I'm a small business owner, too. That's the mm. other thing. You know, I. I I, I don't I, I'm not in a big brokerage. I came from a big mm. brokerage. So I bring that corporate real estate level of knowledge and standards and just methodical mm-hmm. uh, performance to a small business that it's like, if you don't think like this now, where do you think you're going to be? Right. 
you know, you ha- you if you place in some good habits now or right. good processes now, imagine where you'll be. <laughs> Makes right? sense. Yes. And real yes. estate is always a part of that. So what is the the common things you see that are the areas you hone in on the most with people, the common mistakes, if you will? Like most common mistake, one, um, I'm meeting people either they don't know what to do. They know they need to get in real estate, so they completely don't know the process. But most of the time I'm coming in to actually fix problems. Um, You know, people come in and going, oh, well, I found this space and I signed this lease. And okay, my first question is, is were you represented when you found the space? Or did you just Mm. talk to the leasing agent or the owner? Nine times out of 10, it's, I didn't even know I needed an agent. Um, I thought that person was working for uh, me too. Or, no, I just talked to the owner and the owner, you know, I felt like I was getting a good deal or what have you. The, the number one thing about in going into real estate is that this is an investment. Mm-hmm. This is truly, I mean, it's better than the stock market, you know, right. people getting into investments of real estate, um, no matter what size. And correct me if I'm wrong, but anything is negotiable. Anything is negotiable. It is. There's certain things that that truly can't be i mean when you talk about like your triple net structures into a lease kind of thing you know you're these are the expenses that are passed through to the tenant okay but i would think even that even is the, negotiable. yeah oh yeah because there's going to be a lot of leverage to do it but right but it again can be again true it can be absolutely because you have to understand i think a lot of the times that gets miss miss i guess uh oversight oversought is that Owners forget who they need, mm. right? You like an empty building or you like a full building? <laughs> right? That's usually my conversation to a landlord who, and every landlord, every owner, right? When you sell your house, it's the Taj Mahal. It's right, the, right, right, right. Of course, right. You know, those are those types of, of, of talks that I have that I should be having, helping filter those and buff those for my client. My client, you know, our clients are worried about, getting a business going into this and I've prepped them for the conversations that we'll have in negotiations but again when I meet someone who's already in a lease I'll give you a good example I was called by one of my dear friends who's a commercial real estate attorney who obviously we refer business a lot because you have to have an attorney a a broker Mm -hmm. is only one part of this process you have to have a team behind you and that team includes an attorney I mean these contracts are complicated I mean, you know, you can have a con. I have a lease that's six pages long right now, and I have another one that's 250 pages long. Wow. Okay. That's unbelievable. Yeah. So they're different. <laughs> they can always vary differently, you know. So you always need an attorney. You're signing something, you know. I'm not an attorney. I always tell them, you need an attorney. But she calls me up. She goes, hey, Ro, you know, I don't know if you want to bug with this, but I feel bad for these guys. You know, they actually got into a lease, and lo and behold, they can't get a CO, a certificate of occupancy. Oh, no. Right. You get it. <laughs> She's like, they've been paying rent on something that can't, they can't even operate because oh, the lease, goodness. I mean, they're in a lease. There's not, you know, they're in a lease. Um, and I hear that a lot. Wow. I hear that a lot. The, they didn't know, obviously, the, the owner didn't tell them. They were like, well, the owner didn't tell us. He should have, well, you know what? He's not obligated. Mm. He represents himself. You so don't have I guess any representation. The piece of advice there would be check on the occupancy before you sign the lease. Check with the city. Check with the permitting. The the peop- the the horse that will sign that certificate mm. for you. They will tell you because 
more times than none, I, the, the example with this, with this particular case study is they thought they were getting a good deal because it's cheap rent. Well, it's an older building in an older district. Guess what? When the city went out there, they found coding issues, zoning issues. They found problems in the building. Oh, boy. Yeah. So is that why they were having trouble getting this? Yeah, they were not going to get issued because the oh, wow. building had been so deferred maintenance. And to be honest with you, it's not really required by property owners to okay so that's on do, the tenant it can be placed on the tenant and uh, their lease was i assume and they, well not really it was again it was a simple lease that it was so vague that there was just not much that could be done oh. but um listening to them hearing them seeing the property understanding the type of ownership it is um you know i found an avenue for them to really? be able to get their co um you know in real estate it's always political it will oh be. yeah, anything's political, it not just real estate. Oh, but when you're in real estate and you're in commercial real estate and you're signing something, just know that every there's eyes on you. There's governances, there's ordinances, there's all these types of things that you don't think about when you want to operate a business. Mm. Oh, I actually need approval for this. I need approval for that. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so um, I was able to find a, a workaround that turned into the solution for them, which was great. Does that happen all the time? No, where you just have people that are just going broke before they even get started Mm. because of a simple you weren't represented you didn't know what to ask and you didn't know what you were doing going into the space Mm. just because somebody says they want to rent it to you doesn't mean that it's approved for it and these these guys were doing the right thing going to go get a ceo that even the owner said well you shouldn't have gone to the city but then they'd be in a bigger violation if they didn't oh, go no. to this city, right? So you have that kind of, you know, again, you, you in nine times, in a lot of times, you're educating. If someone's getting educated in the process of both ways, and you'd be surprised that a lot of the times it's the owner mm, of the property. Yeah, right. They get a, they got away with it. Oh, I've had a tenant in here for thirty years. They never had a CEO. Well, guess what? Now the city knows about that. Yeah, because you should have never had a tenant in here, ever. You know, oh, wow. and that happens. That happens. So anyway, food for thought. <laughs> Not to scare anybody, but, uh, you know, you can get in. That's the thing. You can always have. And I, I, I pride myself as a solutions provider when it comes to real estate. Yeah. Sounds you know, like you're helping a lot of different situations, a lot of different people. Yeah, I have actually a kind of a similar situation with a company I worked for. I was the controller for the company. Mm-hmm. The partners who hired me, they were about to purchase a new company and Mm. they were dissolving. They had sold off another company and they were completely changing what they were doing. It was totally different industry. Mm -hmm. They owned the building. So their expectation was, okay, we're dissolving this this company. We sold it. We're just going to use the building that we own to... Mm-hmm. move in this mm-hmm. new company but it was completely different right. and same issues arose where the city was like oh no no this is not zoned for that it's not the use is the use yes. is not allowed yes just because you own it doesn't mean yes. you could do anything in it yes <laughs> and this was an industrial area that yeah. was it was not a great part of town so it was not anything that anyone expected to have any issue with Right, yeah. So, yeah, those things can uh, bite you in the butt. Oh, yeah. They can, and they'll, they can even cut your head off mm-hmm. if, you don't, if you're not really prepared for it. Again, it's that kind of missed this facade or kind of, if you will, Wizard of Oz curtain yeah. that, oh, I own it. I can do whatever right. I want to. Right. I mean, you don't really own it. Like, you still got everybody else that has to put a check 
mark yes. next to this. It's needed, obviously, in cities. Industrial tends to be the the zoning that's like, oh, well, anything's, um, you know, included in zoning, in, in the zoning use. And that's not ever really the case. Uh. Um, you know, it, it, it's very flexible. You can kind of get away with more than none, but there still is uses and permitted uses and so forth. And also, if there's a pre-development planned in the, in the district, mm-hmm. and those things are discussed years and years and years ahead. So when I have an industrial client, I'm looking at planned development. The con- Everyone, this is public information. You just got to know where to get it. I also talk to economic development. I talk to chambers. I talk to you because you have to know what's going to happen. It's great yeah. if you own it now, but what happens in 10 years? Right. When they completely zone change on you or they, you know, they again, all these things have have can be restrictive, can be great, can be. You know, all that has to be included when you purchase an investment. So that's even another animal, right? <laughs> Let alone <Yes>. leasing. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. another issue that had come up at that company was the accessibility. Because the, the, I guess the building was not up to the accessibility standards with the... the ADA compliance yeah, right, and everything. With so the it was handicap ramps and all of that. Yeah. So you have How to often retrofit does it. that come into play for you where you see those type of issues? Um quite often when you're dealing with old assets but those are the types of things that are discussed as you're walking through the property when Mm. you're interested and those are things that I bring up you're gonna have a problem these bathrooms are not ADA this Uh. hallway's not ADA we're gonna have to punch it and when I do that with clients they're like oh we never even thought about that oh we have to do that oh yeah because every time that you know a city can't and a zone you know it's kind of like you need one for the other, and yeah, you're going to hate them, but you're going to also love them, too. They're going to bring things up to standard as they, you know, there's a lot right. of property. They can't keep up with all of it. So the I way they do that. these issues come up when, when permitting, there's a transition. Absolutely. When it changes hands, new ownership, new CO requests, even if it's a grandfathered-in type situation, mm-hmm. especially when the market is hot. Right now is very diff- is very wild. You know, when you see cranes up, and we've been seeing cranes up in downtown Dallas, uptown, all that stuff. When you see those, that's that's the big, right? When mm-hmm. that happens, you there is going to be a ripple shockwave mm-hmm. event from that. And that's all the other investments that are going to come into play, all the other kind of opportunities that come into play. But what that does from a city's perspective is it opens up the opportunity for redevelopment, uh, for discussions to condemn property. Discussion. I mean, don't get me started. I mean, I've had to go to council meetings and fight things like this. But, oh boy. you know, the, it again, it all works with each other and it can either work with each other to your benefit. Look, when it's really good for some, it's not good for a lot. OK, mm. that's how it is. That's redevelopment is another word for gentrification. OK, mm. so, you know, when you're looking at all this and, and you know, again, my clients who are experiencing this now, they're like, man, but you told us about this stuff like eight years ago, Ro. I said, yeah, it's going to come. It's going to come. I mean, you know, real estate history is easy to repeat. You know, we tend to have amnesia for a lot of the time. (laughs) But, you know, that seems to be the rest of the world, too. But, you know, our our attention spans like a gnat. Right. But, you know, again, the trends and the data is there. And it will always be there. It's just how drastically it affects you at the time period that it comes. And so you got to look at all those facets and be prepared for it. Because when you purchase a, a property... You know, how long you want to keep it to the day you die? Well, you might die tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You know, you might die 99 years from now. Good for you. But you need got to see what's happening to that property in this whole entire process. You can only do so much. Nobody has a crystal ball. 
Right. But you can at least try to prepare. It's risk management at that point. Right. That it makes truly sense. is risk management. Same concept for leaseholders. It really is. Just because you lease it doesn't mean, you know, again, we got to make sure that doesn't be a bigger burden than it should be for you. And, and really utilizing and maximizing your real estate where you thought you didn't even know it mm. could. Right. You know, it's quite interesting, especially right now, pandemic time, all that. You know, this is a new world it is. for us, period, as humans, but also just in business and everything. Everybody's kind of figuring it out as we go, right? In real estate, it truly, truly shined out what was considered, you know, in real estate, there's always, you know, retail's the highest per square foot, you know, in, in, in traditional real estate. Um, it was already on a struggle before the pandemic. This just put the cherry on the Sunday. Mm. Okay, what it did is it realized, you know, you can have a center that's successful, but when something shuts everything down, you're going to find out who your real tenants are, and ah. they're the ones that are staying open. And they're the ones that are still bringing some traffic and some some Interesting. aspect. Interesting. Yeah, that's true. So there was a re asset managers in this industry really got their eyes open. They got woke. <laughs> that's a big word now. Woke. I don't know. I think I was born woke. Okay. <laughs> I'm a Parkland baby. <laughs> you had to be. <laughs> so I, you know, they really got their eyes opened of like, wow, it was nice to say we had this tenant, this tenant, this tenant, but it's not nice when they can't even keep the doors open right, right now. <clears throat> you know, and, but it truly shined the industries that survive, that actually even maximize yes. their opportunity that actually right. flourished right during this time so it really kind of made an interesting kind of kaleidoscope perspective right mm. of real estate did Office. it cause the retail numbers to even out a little bit with more of the industrial type properties or is retail still at a premium industrial is king right now yeah okay I was industrial wondering. prices are the highest i've ever seen the highest i you know i look me up track you can see how long i've had my license i mean it shows you how long i've been in the business you do it with anybody that you ever meet in this business and i was taught by brokers that are you know in the 70s <laughs> and when they say row i've never seen it like this and they've been through bad markets mm. and great markets that they're like i don't even know what to expect from the tsunami that's around us right now. Um, can, how long does the do we ride the wave, hmm. right? Um, but what's interesting is that this kind of asset shifting of what's becoming king, it always has been retail. Then office was a big discussion during this time with WeWorks and, oh, you know, office coming back, all this stuff. Well, what opened their eyes? Well, you got to yeah. go remote. It's yeah. nice to have an empty floor plate. Right, right, right. Uh, then industrial truly shined yeah truly because shines at the end of the right day now. the they industrial are. guys still need their footprint there i mean because you know that's i would assume largely uh, the manufacturers and the distributors and, the yeah. logistics the truckers that you realize they were not only essential it's so funny now that i see real estate properties coming for sale right now investments is going crazy um right now obviously especially in industrial um pandemic proof is now a word. <laughs> Amazing. Pandemic proof. Wonderful. And it's industrial property. It showed, Which makes sense. And industrial has always been historically the cheapest per, per square foot, right? I, I, I know buildings now that used to be $3 
in rent, three dollars a square foot. And they're they're and this going. Is they're, how long ago? How far back was, are we going? No more than seven, ten years ago. Okay, not long in real estate okay. world. Okay, right? And they're ten, twelve, up to fifteen. Now their structures of the rents are changing. It used to be a gross rent, meaning all your your expenses kind of are included in that price per square foot mm-hmm. uh, price that you're getting. Now they're triple net rents. You pay a base plus the nets. Mm. So and again, it, the the price is now rising so much that it's a bit uncomfortable for me because of the fact that those industries, they're the profit margin is slim mm. in depending on the industry. You know, so how much further can you raise the rent? You know, you're going to price out your pandemic-proof tenants. I mean, mm. at some point, something's got to give. I get, you know what I mean? So there's going to be an interesting twist to all this that I don't have the answer. I'm just spectating. Um, and do you foresee that this trend will continue where retail is no longer king as more and more people are shopping online? More and more people are going to home-based, remote situations. Do you think that industrial will just continue to trend as really being the king? Yes. Yes. I think that that's why right now we're seeing a lot of construction in industrial. Mm-hmm. They can't build the big boxes as fast as they can fill them. Okay. But those are a different type of tenants. So you have to think yeah. when a large tenant or large corporation comes in, right? Texas is seeing large corporations. You have to think of the magnitude of other service providers to that. Right. That mega. Right. He, you know, headquarters. That it, 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 it's again, it's a big ripple effect. Yes. So you know, it has to be solid come in from the corporate standpoint, and it has to be a solid foundation to be able to support that corporate right. that comes here, right? Or at least an infrastructure to do so, and that's good industrial parks, depending on what it is or what have you. And I think yes, the trend is going to continue to go up. I'm just, I just don't want it to go so far up that it's like you're pricing out your own users. What's mm. the point? Who else is going to come in? If this is, you know, uh, Peterbilt's a good example. They're headquartered in Denton. They have been here a long time. They build trucks, right? You know, the they're in their main complex there, which is a great facility. They've got actually a, even a museum in there if you're ever interested oh, in interesting. Going to hear, hearing about trucks. But the industrial parks that were tiny, little industrial parks, they, I mean, practically nothing, little metal building on some dirt, really, have now just exploded into indu- true industrial parks from your pass far your basic metal facades to flex industrial space needed. So again, different types of properties are coming up. And retail's going up around it because you're bringing in, you have to bring infrastructure in, you know, what are the workers going to do? Going to get in their car and now drive 20 minutes away or 50 get in traffic to get, you know, you got to start bringing some infrastructure and other types of, of assets close by it, right? So it's just like in the concept of rooftops. When there's a lot of building of houses, what's the the real estate that comes in? It's retail. Mm. Retail's not going to go anywhere because the more people buy houses, you're going to need retail. Right. I think what retail is experiencing and is going to have to be open to is that they are, it's not the cookie cutter set in place who goes in retail spaces. They got to be open to different uses. Mm. And it's going to be a city conversation too. Interesting. So, again, kind of the full circle, right, yeah. of just kind of those conversations. Real estate is going to always be needed. It doesn't matter. I think that the use of it is going to have to really kind of be looked at and analyzed. And, you know, that's why, I, you know, I've been talking about Amazon. Obviously, you know, they've started out in the garage. They're now the number one largest, you know, industrial square foot user, lease and 
purchase now um, that, you know, I heard six years ago how they were going to start going into retail spaces. And they were already doing that because, like, Kohl's was accepting returns, right? Mm-hmm. It brought back Kohl's from the dead, I'll tell you that. <laughs> right? It did. And you have to think how lucky that that partnership happened. I'm sure people were fighting tooth and nail for it, but See, didn't now, realize. I avoid Kohl's on the list. You know, because they'll give you a list of where you can return things. And I'll usually take it to Whole Foods because it's just, to me, so much easier. easier. Because yeah. the Kohl's that I usually go to, it's like you got to go upstairs <laughs> to the very back of the store. It sounds like they need to analyze the real yeah. estate. Well, I'm assuming <laughs> the, the strategy there is probably to get you to walk through all the store on sure. your way to yeah. exchanging your Of course your, it is. Know. Of course so, it is. That's what retail data is. I'm like, eh, ain't nobody got time for that. Exactly. I'll go to Whole Foods. And, right, but yet you're walking through Whole Foods, so you're doing, the, you know what I mean, right? You're like, oh, I'm here. I need to go ahead and get yeah. some, you know, oat milk or something or whatever they say. <laughs> I know, right? Some bamboo toilet paper so it don't run out. <laughs> <laughs> toilet paper. I don't know. Is it Which, better toilet paper? I, we'll have to ask my mom. <laughs> <laughs> I do know this. When everything was out of toilet paper, you remember that fiasco? Yes. Right? I was like, gee, what is this? Dan, what is this? Like, I felt like a contagion movie. I was like, what is this? Why are we out of things? I, I don't know. understand. I went to Whole Foods, and guess what? They had bamboo toilet, toilet paper, paper, and I got it. <laughs> I was like... And what do I think of it? It was in stock. That's funny. Well, good to know. If we ever run out of toilet paper again, go to right. Whole Foods. Or Office the... Depot. Not a people forget Office Depot has, has toilet, toilet paper. paper. And and Home Depot. Oh, I didn't even think about Depot. that. I know. Wow. People were like, of course you would know, Ro. You know about Ro. <laughs> no, I got to Office Depot for labels, man. I walked through there. I was like, they got tons of toilet paper that here. Nobody knows about it. <laughs> so you're the resource for all things, not just all real estate, just all things. If you need anything, even where do I buy toilet paper? Roro <laughs> is your person. Right. That's why I eventually become your friend, I become, you know, babysitter, dog walker, whatever. I'm cool with it. <laughs> so where can people find you? How can they get a hold of you? Well, I mean, obviously, you know me. You can Google me if you want, but, you know, newstarnhres.net is the website. You know, I'm on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is actually a social media portal that I do use. Um, we'll have private conversation about Facebook, but <laughs> I, you know, I, that's the easiest way. And you know, I'm sure, as probably evident today, is you know, we probably know some people around each other. That oh, yes. pro- right? How we got connected today? Oh, yes. <laughs> That's a funny oh, story, yes. right? <laughs> yes. It is a small world. Very, right? Yeah. But when it, Roro got here, she already knew my podcast producer. So <laughs> it's a small world. <laughs> right. But you know, again, it, it's easy to find people. I, I don't have, you know, there's a there's a ton of brokers. There's a ton. I'm, I'm just in a, I'm going to accept your call. I'm going to pick it up. I'm going to, you know, it, it, because I get it. I just get it. I feel for people. It's a passion. You know, my my motto is, you know, uh, relationships are my passion. And I just, guess what? I just do real estate, mm. you know, in That's the process. Good. So, you know, lucky us. Right. It's, you yes. know, but again, it's I don't know how I got in this business. It's a fun, long story. We'll have to do it another time. But we're <laughs> over cocktails. But. It, I mean, you know, I stumbled into this by, you know, whatever, you know, grace of God, luck, what have you. It was just 
I got in it. I've been around this industry. I think because, again, I come from a small business owner that I just have a true, true dedication in my heart Yeah. when it comes to uh, those small businesses in real estate because I know they get they can get the raw end of the deal sometimes, mm-hmm. and it's very yes. unfair. But Yes, and I feel the same way. Mm-hmm. I came from a couple of entrepreneurs, my parents, mm-hmm. so I very much grew up in that world, small business ownership. Mm-hmm. And the, the trials and tribulations that come with that. Mm-hmm. So I very much relate to the small business owners. And that's that's one of the reasons why I want to have this resource, right. this podcast, specifically for the small business owners. I think that's great. I mean, it's needed. It's just, yeah. you know, you can only Google so much and try to figure something out. And <laughs> Yes. And yeah. you are a huge resource. I will say that. If there's well, anyone you. at all. Because, yeah. I mean, I, I just, every time I sit with you, I learn. <laughs> Oh, you well, know, thank you. And you are fabulous. Oh, hey, we're fabulous together. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, <now>. so, Yes. <laughs> thank you so much for well, coming on you. today. Thank you for having me. And I'm Lindsay Klein with Sucline, honest, accurate bookkeeping performed on time and your host of By the Books. Until next time, thanks for joining us, everyone. By the Books is presented by Sucline, honest, accurate bookkeeping performed on time. For more information on Sucline services or to get a hold of Lindsay, visit Sucline.com or email info at Sucline.com. The information provided on this website and podcast does not and is not intended to constitute legal advice. Instead, all information, content, and materials available are for general information purposes only. Information provided by Sucline may not constitute the most up-to-date legal or other information. Listeners should contact their attorney to obtain advice with respect to any particular legal matter and should refrain from acting on the basis of this information without first seeking legal advice from counsel in the relevant jurisdiction. Only your individual attorney can provide assurances that the information contained herein and your interpretation of it is applicable or appropriate to your particular situation.